Independence Day, UK. I'm Alicia, a junior doctor working in the United Kingdom. This is my co-host, Jonathan. Hi. And this is my little dog, Delilah. <coughs> we talk all things medicine, medical school, and healthcare related. From improving your application to surviving on the wards, we want to bring you on the journey with us. So listen closely, because we're about to spill the tea. Hey Alicia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Jonathan? I'm very well, thank you. It's been a been a little while since we put out a podcast. Yeah, welcome back. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so, tell me what's been going on since we last put one out. Uh, a lot, but not a lot. Yeah, I, I suppose for um, for anyone listening back, this is, we've we have been in, on national lockdown because of the coronavirus. So that's sort of where we are in terms of the period of history. But have you been working throughout the lockdown? Yeah, just working all day, every day, like a normal day. Right. And then when I have time off, I just stay at home or walk my dog, stay away from people. Nice. (laughs) So yeah, nothing really exciting, just working a lot and just trying to make it through the year. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Anything new with you? Um, since we last, yeah, I have a, I've got a new dog. Her oh. name's Darla. Uh, she's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and she's lovely. Unfortunately, you won't hear her on the podcast because she doesn't make a sound apart from the odd, um, whimper in her sleep. But yeah. apart from that, so she won't bark for us, but yeah, never mind. It's a very sad cry. It is. Um, and so, so you're you are working as a junior doctor, F one. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, uh, what are you doing? Are you what rotation are you on? So, I think last time we did a podcast, I was an ED, um, and now I've moved to surgery, and I'm working in urology. That is the urinary tract system from the kidneys all the way through to the urethra, where you will pee from. Um. And then I'm moving to gastro, uh, which is medicine next. Right. Okay. Gastroenterology. Nice. Um, so you're currently doing surgery. Um, what has been the highlight so far for you, surgery-wise? Um, or highlight. Um, so I got to do a surgery myself. Um, wow. So I was like technically on the paperwork. They named me as the first surgeon. But it was me and the registrar, but obviously I didn't really know what I was doing. So he was telling me what to do. Okay. Um, But then he didn't technically do anything. It wasn't a big surgery. I'm making that sound way cooler than it is. It wasn't brain surgery. No. (laughs) It was basically someone had an abscess and they let me drain. So it's called incision and drainage. So you make a cut. And then you drain it out and you scoop out all the pus and clean it out. Oh, lovely. Yeah. It's kind of living out my Dr. Pimple Popper dreams. Um, you get to like squirt all the pus out and scoop it out. And then you put um, some like packing in it just to dry it out. Okay. It was really fun. It was very satisfying. Oh, wow. So Yeah, that does sound... Um, well, it sounds like you're sort of living the dream in terms of, um, you know, getting to do things at least. Yeah. You, hear I mean, a lot of, that... you do hear a lot of sort of, um, oh, I just had to stand and watch or... Yeah. You know, so at least you know you've got gotten to 
give it a go. Yeah, it was a very rare experience. And okay. to give context, it's not very technical. Like, it doesn't really take any skill to do. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm making it sound way cooler than it actually was. But it felt cool. And you're right. I think a lot of being a junior doctor is just working on the wall and doing the paperwork. And you are there to learn. And quite often your learning comes from like knowledge. Whereas this allowed me to do like some kind of technical skill. Yeah. So that was cool. It was really fun. It definitely passed the afternoon a lot faster than writing discharge letters for patients who are getting home, which is commonly the junior's job and... A large yeah. proportion of what I do is just writing letters. Would you say that was sort of like a low light for you in terms of just having to do like the, the mundane, the paperwork or? Um, yes and no. I actually really enjoy writing the discharge letters. I always say if there was like a continuous pay increase where I was like progressing, not because it's about the money, but just because you want to progress in life, I would absolutely do it just for. Just for the paperwork. That is a, an interesting uh, yeah. sort of viewpoint. Because it, it, it like, I don't know, it's really easy to set yourself to task. Like, oh, I'm going to write this letter in half an hour or 10 minutes or whatever and set yourself a goal and you can, it's easy to achieve. So I really enjoy that. Okay. Yeah. But um, I think an actual low light that I had was um, I got sprayed in the face with pee. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is gross. It was like 10 minutes before I was going home and I was already 45 minutes late. And I was helping another doctor change a catheter because none of the nurses on the ward were trained to do it. So right. a catheter is like a tube you put inside of someone to help them pee. It like collects, it like helps drain it out. Yeah. Um, it, and the nurses on the ward weren't trained. So it kind of became our responsibility. It's a shared responsibility. Doctors or nurses can do it, but they just couldn't do it. So it definitely had to be done by us. Um, and I was helping him do it. And then he just got the pressure on and on the syringe and the syringe like popped off and it sprayed like water that had gone into the bladder out because we, right. we were washing the bladder out with water using a syringe so you squirt it into the catheter and then you pull it out and it like takes away any infection or like blood clots or things right. that you have. and um it disconnected as he pulled back and then it just like sprayed everywhere oh wow yeah and I had to come home and take a shower. It was kind of cool, kind of gross. So that's probably the worst thing that's happened. And I can think of more disgusting things that might happen. So okay, acceptable. So obviously, on you're on the wards, and you are you are actually a doctor. So do you get people saying to you, "Oh, excuse me, are you the doctor?" Yeah, uh, you do. Yeah, and, and I you, feel and like do you have to answer like, "Well, yes, I, I am the doctor." Yeah, because it'd be rude if I just ignored them. Oh, yes. <laughs> but like, yeah. I always, like, use, like, inverted commas, and you know, like, your fingers, like, bunny ears. Oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm the doctor. Um, only, like, it depends on the situation. If someone's asking me, like, in a casual way, like, if one of the nurses is like, hey, you're the doctor, I'm like, mm, yeah. Because I feel like I'm really far down the food chain, and it still doesn't quite feel real, even though we're kind of a year into it. Yeah. Um... Well, we're like a significant proportion, probably over halfway, I think. Um, it just doesn't sit right in my soul because I still don't quite believe it yet. Yeah. Which is weird because I was... Do you wh- find it terrifying? Is that scary? Yeah, to, it's the to worst question. Yes. It's the worst question because you don't know what's coming next. They're like, hey, are you the doctor? And I'm like, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, what are you going to ask me to do? Yeah. Because sometimes they ask me things I can't do. Okay. They ask me to like... If you can't do it, then you can't do it. Yeah. Well, it's like... It, 
we do like shifts that are called cover shifts where you cover the ward at night time and they will send you a message or like bleep you so like a little pager goes off and you have to call them back and they'll be like hey it's the doctor like yeah and they're like oh great I've got a question and then they might ask me a question that isn't my decision to make it's like a senior doctor's decision to make right okay can we do this or should we do this and I'm like "Mm, that's a daytime question not and I feel like sometimes I hear like people saying that in like a rude way like you should have asked that in the daytime but it's like actually if I say yes and the person in charge thinks no that wasn't my responsibility like that shouldn't have been my responsibility I shouldn't have answered it but then sometimes they ask a question there's no record in the notes and you don't know the doctor in charge and you don't know the way they think yeah if there's multiple options for things and you might just have to if it's life and death you need to make a decision yeah so sometimes you have to make a decision because basically your job is just to keep them alive it isn't to like fulfill their treatment you just keep them alive comfortable and stable until the morning yes that makes sense yeah which is also when they ask are you the doctor you're like oh no it might be a life and death situation i'm guessing though you can page a consultant or something or you can go to someone who you know if it's if it is a sort of serious situation yeah there's always like a senior who's like still a junior but a senior junior around and then there's always a registrar in the hospital on surgery so there's always yeah. someone to go to um and they will be like present on site and there'll be a consultant at home on call, but they might not appreciate the phone call. Right. If it's if it's something they feel like they shouldn't have shouldn't if they feel like it's something that you don't need to ask them. Yeah. And it's like you've got to learn the etiquette. Yeah. I haven't yet had to call anyone at home. But I feel like in my head I like have an internal fight where I'm like, oh So for example, someone once asked me, Oh, can I speak to the consultant about my pain? And it was at 11.30 at night. And I was thinking, mm, he's going to be at home. And I was like, she hadn't been taking the medicine she needed. So there was right. options. I could offer her more things to control the pain. Yeah. But she was like, I want to talk to the consultant. And I was like, mm, had to rationalise in my head that, okay, in that moment, it's not life and death. And it probably can wait nine hours. Because it would have been nine hours until there'd be a consultant yeah. on site. And then I had to explain to her that there was other people um, in hospital who were also covering like I was, and we're just there to keep people safe and comfortable. Um, and I can give her other medicines or other options to make, to answer her problems. Yep. And if she's really worried, like I can write them down in the notes and I can pass it on to the other team. And in the morning we can address it. Because yep. in theory, there's someone to call at home, but not necessary. And they would be like, oh, well, I don't know because I didn't do it, but I feel like they'd be like, why are you calling me? Yes. I don't yeah. know. I just saw that playing out of my head and I didn't want to have that conversation. Yeah. So it's not like I didn't call because I didn't want to have a conversation. I just didn't think it was appropriate or necessary. Makes and sense. With yeah. every situation, that's probably, for me, the hardest part about the job is working out what's appropriate and what's necessary. Yeah. Because there's no rule book. It's just common sense. Is that that's the case during the day as well? In uh, terms of, you know, I'm guessing that there's certain things you could go and ask your consultant absolutely everything. It, yeah, it kind of depends on the department you're in. So, for example, on surgery, uh, quite often your consultant will go to clinic or surgery, like theatre. Yeah. So they're not really contactable. But there's always, like, more senior doctors than you around and available to ask. And yeah. There's just... There's, there's a train of people you can ask. And okay. you kind... Depending on the problem, if it's a low problem, you start... You can start lower on the train. And if it's a life and death situation or something really bad is happening, 
you obviously start at the top, top. Yeah, go to the yep. higher person. It, it's it's just a case by case scenario, okay. and it's difficult as it is for me to explain it it's difficult to rationalize in your head yeah of course of course yeah i've always been really lucky though because the people i work with who are like just a little bit more senior than me they are really i will just be like oh should i ask you or someone else and they will be like oh that's definitely a more senior person's question or like, right so you've got a bit of guidance there yeah as well. yeah that's cool yeah yeah it's, it's so hard because you don't want to be known as like the rogue f1 you're just getting wild and like yeah doing just... stuff and you also don't want to be super incompetent where it's like, why are you asking me that? You should know that. You went to medical school. And yeah. I think that's a really hard balance to find. Okay. Quite often people will be like, you're a doctor, you can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then it's other times, yeah. Rather than, yeah, rather yeah. than like whether or not you should actually be asking someone yeah. because that's out of your, that's out of your range. Yeah. If, you like. if it's like borderline and I'm like, is this my decision or is someone else's? I would maybe ask someone like slightly more senior than me I'm like this is what I think and what I would do but I just wanted more advice and yeah. am I right and like just to confirm so I personally like to have minimal insecurities but I think as you progress there's probably a balance and you get more confident and more experienced cool and people always prefer you to a top tip yeah. for anyone that's ever going to be in that position it's always better to ask and feel silly for asking a silly question because most people won't think it's a silly question yeah and not asking the question and doing something bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. So you've obviously been doing uh, your F1 year for nearly a year now. Yeah, because I started early. Yeah. Because I was so clever and finished early. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding. Because of the pandemic, they graduated as early. Yeah. So I started working early. Nice. But it makes me feel like I skipped a year, like in American high school movies. Oh, like, yeah, when you know, you're super clever. Oh, yeah, I could just like, skip a couple of years and you'll be, like, two years above where you should be. I think they do that in British high schools as well, or schools as well. Oh, really? It didn't happen to me. I mean, it didn't <laughs> happen to me either. I wasn't that smart. But yeah. there were people that I knew that had skipped mm. ahead a couple of years. Well, considering you've been doing it for a year now, have you got any tips for those who are leaving med? school this year and going in to do their F1 um, their F1 years sort of this coming year yeah so I've kind of listed 10 things because everyone knows I love a list yeah um, and just thought that I would share cool so my first tip is one be friendly um, and I mean be friendly towards everybody if you're friends with the, all the doctors, the nurses, the physiotherapists, the occupational therapists, and you learn their names. If you ever get stuck, it's really useful to be like, hey, can you help me? Yep. Mr. Yeah, yeah. X. I think that's just a generally good tip for in, in life. Yeah. I think all of the people that I've, um, I've ever found that, you know, um, good in business or in, in just in life, they're very the ones that you're drawn to naturally. Yeah. Uh, take time for people. So I think that is a that's a great tip for life. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an example of that is that's there's a male nurse. Let's just say his name's John because it's a generic name. Yeah. But um, I was having a panic because I was trying to do a procedure and I thought I had the wrong piece of equipment. And I poked my head around the corner out of the cupboard and I saw the nurse in the corridor and I knew his name was John, and. It isn't actually John, just using the name John. Yes, yeah, and that's fine. 
I panicked because I was in like such a like panic mode that I needed help to find what I needed quickly. Yeah. So I just down the corridor went, hey. And he turned around and looked at me like, did you just hate me? Like in his eyes, I could see it. And then I was like, hey, John. Like, because I knew his name, yeah, yeah. but I was panicking. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm panicking. And I think because he didn't think I knew his name, you could see that he was like raging. And then I was like, John. I'm panicking that he was then like, oh, she's human too. And she knows my name and, oh, she knows my name. And yeah, you know, and then I was like, help me. And then he thought it was so funny that I'd hate him so loud down the corridor. Like literally I'd shout, hey, down the corridor. You know, like when people say, don't say oi like a pig. Oh yeah. It yeah, was yeah. literally, no, 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 that's not what they say. They say, hey, well, horses. That's y- the phrase. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oi is more like an oink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a pig. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And, he literally looked at me like, hey, and I was like, I really need your help. And I think so that's an example of make be friendly and people will help you. And it just makes your life so much easier. Do you know what? Actually, that's a, a really interesting point. I heard somebody uh, actually give a, a tip for helping you remember people's names. And that is um, when you learn somebody's name, not long after that you've learned their name, ask them for some help and use their name when you're asking them for help. Even if it's something small like, yeah. um, sorry, John, could you pass me a teaspoon when you're getting... You yeah. Know, because the association with requiring somebody's help really does actually help you remember their name. So that is a, just a little, yeah. a little extra tip. I'll try tip, that. I'll an try extra that. tip for sort of do, like helping remember people's names. And also just when you, um, when you actually need somebody's help, um, it's it's a sort of shine, sign of vulnerability, which means mm. that they are more likely to um, to like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, which means that you know they're they're more likely to help you and um, mm. and and accept you as a another human being and a friend. So yeah. That yeah. Is a, yeah. A yeah. Tip. Sounds good. Um, my second is being organised. And that is list, 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 list. Anytime anyone asks me to do something, I just write it down on my piece of paper and circle it because you always have a list in your hand. Um, is that something that, that like everybody pretty much has uh, a list in their hands or is it particularly F1? So like every day on the ward round, everyone, there's a list of like patients you need to see. Yeah. And then after that, I transcribe my jobs onto one piece of paper. So it'll be like job one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then if someone said, oh, could you do this? I just write it down on my piece of paper. Because if, if it slips my mind, which really likely, because you're multitasking and it gets yeah. really busy, um, I'll look down on my piece of paper and I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. Whereas if I don't write it, gone. And then yeah. someone's like, did you dot, dot, dot? And then I'm like, oh, I didn't do it. So just write write everything down. Be, be organised and make a very tidy list. Because if your list's tidy, it's easy to follow. Yep. My third tip is be early, and I mean early for work. Um, so I always try to get somewhere 10 minutes before at least, just yep. to organise myself, work out what I need to do, put my bag away, sort myself out. Um, it's just a lot less stressful than just making it on time. So anyone who um, might be seeing you um, running to work, it's not because you're late, <laughs> it's because you're trying to be yeah, early. Yeah, because I live really close to the hospital. And I leave it a little bit late, but I can run from door to door in like three to four minutes, I think, if I really run. If I walk, it's like 10 minutes. So I just run and then I have 10 minutes when I get there. Makes sense. Yeah, it's really good. 
<laughs> yeah, so be early. And I think also people appreciate when you're there before them. Yeah. And you may get the um, impression that you are on top of what you're doing. Yeah. So even if deep down you feel like you're falling apart, you're giving off the vibe that everything's okay. I um, I actually, on that point, I heard somebody talking about how um, basically... For people who are on time, mm -hmm. there are certain, some people who are just generally punctual. Mm -hmm. And then there's often other people who are quite late a lot of the time. Yeah. And quite often it can be the feeling of those who are the early ones mm -hmm. that the people who are late don't that think that their time is more valuable than the people who are early. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a feeling of like, well, my time is worth less than your time because mm -hmm. you're making me wait. Yeah. And therefore, and that's not fair. So I think to be considerate of other people yeah. means that you should sort of be on time. Yeah. I think also you feel less stressed in yourself when you have more time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, number four, stay late. And then I've written ish underneath. Because it, no one, it's really tricky because I think there is an element of don't stay late. Like don't stay longer than necessary. But if you need to stay late, just stay like 10 15 minutes longer and get everything done properly to a good to a good standard it doesn't have to be yeah. perfect but like a good standard um and I, I think this one's a tricky one because no one appreciates you staying late like you don't get bonus points it's not a special thing yeah and you as a junior doctor often have to stay late even as when you become more senior you have to stay late but I personally find that if I stay late get everything done and I know everything is in tip-top shiny shape I sleep like a log like, I yep. literally can go home and pass out. Whereas sometimes, um, not because I didn't stay late, because things weren't done properly, or I realised I haven't done something as I would like, it wakes me up in the night, even if it's a really silly thing. Never a life and death situation. Yeah. I would do something more about that. But it's like tiny little niggly things. Sometimes um, it will wake me up and I'm like, oh, I didn't do that properly. I should have just done it properly the first time, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's stay late-ish. Is the tip. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, five is write everything down. I kind of mentioned that in my be organized, but it just gives you something to reflect on. Six, teamwork is key. Um, I think it's really important uh, with your peers just to work as a team, have each other's back, communicate. There's no point trying to top somebody. I think at the end of the day, everyone's managed to make it out of med school, so now you can all progress. Yep. If you work together, it just makes it so much easier. It's really interesting, actually. I've always been that kind of person that I'm like, oh, it's just work together, and it, like, halves the workload. Yeah. And I think my people in my medical school are quite similar. But some That's people from good. other medical schools were like, oh, you want to help me? Oh, you're sharing information. They're shocked. Is that, do you think that's to do with your, um, the sort of, the, 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 your medical school was built around sort of like exploring your feelings and emotions and that side of... Yeah, I do wonder, because that was just my experience. I didn't know any better. And people will be like, oh, thank you for sharing. I'm really shocked. And I've heard some absolute horror stories about other medical schools where people just weren't being kind. And yeah. I don't know. I'm really lucky because in the area I'm working in, we're kind of like renowned for like nice people moving here. Okay. Um, so everyone seems really lovely. Well, that makes life a bit easier, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then they've had some bad experiences. That's really sad. So teamwork, 
work together it just makes your life easier and their life easier um number seven read around the things you see so just spending a little bit of time at home studying not excessively but I think if you see something you're not quite sure about if you just read about it it will suddenly make sense yeah I always try and look one thing up you don't necessarily have to do it when you go home Sometimes if I've got 10 minutes on the wall, I'll just Google something and be like, oh, I just need to quickly read that. Or, you know. Where do you, um, when you say like, oh, I'm just going to read around that, do you, is there like some sources that are particularly like useful? Yeah. As so, in, is it just a, a case of any old Google page? Kind of, but you kind of learn what's an acceptable resource. Okay. Um, as I'm on surgery... Um, there's a website called Teach Me Surgery, and I find that quite a useful little snippet of information. Um, so if I saw a condition I wasn't really confident on, I'll just read on that page. It takes okay. like five minutes to read and understand, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I remember now. Um, I have an app called Pocket Doctor, and it literally tells you what to do when something's going wrong. Yeah. So you literally click on like high heart rate and if the patient's got really high heart rate it literally just gives you a step-by-step guide and like bullet points and one take a history two look at their signs three you know it literally instructs you bit by bit yeah so there was one time i was panicking and i just opened the app and i was like oh it's okay obviously i asked for senior help as well when the situation was bad yeah but yeah love that app saved my life (laughs) um Number eight is say yes to every opportunity. Um, and I'm not always very good at that because sometimes I panic that, not panic, but I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that. So for example, the time I went to theatre, I only got to go because the junior above me, who was more senior than me, was like, oh, would you like to go instead? And I was like, oh no, don't worry, I'm fine here. I, I can handle the ward, you go. Because in theory, it's the F2's role to go. Right. And she was like, oh no, I've, I've been like five times this weekend because we had a really busy weekend. She was like, you go, like, so you can get more experience. And I was like, oh, honestly, I don't mind. And like, in my head, I was like, really want to go, really want to go, really want to go. But I was just trying to be polite. Yep. And then now, reflecting on the situation, I want to become the kind of person that's like a yes person. That's like, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I'd love to go. But I was just being a bit, like, careful. I think I was just more shocked because she was being so nice. Like, you yes. go. So say yes to every opportunity. There's lots of courses, lots of teaching, lots of things you can do, projects. Just say yes. Just do them. You won't regret it. Because... I never regret saying yes to things. They make me tired. They make me busy. But it's the things I don't say yes to that I'm like, oh, I should have done that. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. I could have added it to my portfolio or my CV. Two, that would have been a cool experience, you know? Definitely. So just say yes to everything. Unless you're super tired, overwhelmed and burnt out, then don't say yes. But yeah. if you have the bandwidth, say yes. Cool. Number nine, portfolio. Just keep on top of your portfolio. Um... That, so what, that's what's it. What's the portfolio? So there's like a portfolio on the internet that you have to upload things like reflections on how you feel and you have to do assessments with people. So you basically, it's like a record of what you did that year. Right, okay. And some people don't fill it in until the end. They panic. I heard that from someone in the year above me. Yeah. But I've been very consistent with it. So if I ever that's have good. like an hour, I'll just quickly look at it. So and no regrets so far. That's hope I pass the year because basically they use your portfolio to decide if you get enough okay so it makes more sense to do it as you go along yeah 
Yeah, yeah nothing worse than leaving all your work to the last minute. Yeah, it is like that. And because you're not in medical school anymore, it's really hard because no one's telling you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my final tip is treat everyone like they're your grandma. So... What what do you mean by that? In terms of patients, not, patients, so, not not everyone, <laughs> not not your not the uh, not the consultants or your yeah. regs. Why, grandma? What big teeth you've got? <laughs> your grandma, not the grandma from Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always try and sometimes when I'm busy, I've noticed that I am not perfect at it. But I just try to make sure that I'm looking after every older person like they're. Like, I would want my grandma to be treated. Yes. And I, like, have this conversation with everyone, hoping it will spread. I'm sure everyone does, to an extent. Yeah. But it's just, then when your grandma goes to hospital, you're no longer worried, because mine went, and I was worried. Right, that she she was being looked after by someone who didn't actually care. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm sure that's not the case, because everyone who, you would expect everyone to care. I'm sure they do. But you just, you know, in the back of your mind, you question it. And then, so now I try to approach people like I would want them, my grandma to be approached. Yeah. Even though I don't call her grandma, I call her granny. My granny. Nice. True, everyone like my granny. Like your granny. <laughs> um, well, excellent. That's 10, 10 tips for, uh, for new F1s. Yeah. I think when when do they actually start the F one rotation? Uh, I think it's September? August. August. Yeah, I think it's August. Okay, so they've got a little while off, but it's good to get these things in early. Yeah. Get to know what you're doing. Yeah. Talk to some people. Yeah. Um, a tip that was given to me is like look on Twitter. It's like hashtag new docs. Okay. And hashtag loads of new docs. And, and like hashtag tips for new docs, things like that. So if you basically be Reddit forums and stuff like yeah. that as well, that will be helpful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone says the same thing and probably the things I'm saying, other people already know anyway, or they've heard people saying. Yeah. But it, it's, it's good to, it's good yeah. to sort of re- reaffirm that stuff. Yeah. Cause even though I did like the FIY one, so the interim F1 job, I was still panicking before my first yeah. F1 job because I was like, suddenly there's just a little bit more responsibility and there's a little bit more expectation of you. Even though working on Friday, starting on Monday, like th- there was minimal difference. But I yeah. just, I was like, suddenly I needed to, felt like I needed to know more. Yeah. And you don't really know what you don't know until someone tells you. Yes. You don't know. You don't. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's uh that's very helpful i'm sure for a lot of people um so obviously as you're as you've sort of been doing f1 now for roughly a year um how do you think you could improve so i kind of wish that i'd approached f1 like medical school i've always said i worked medical school like a job right so i try to keep it as nine to five nine to six p.m as much as possible in Monday to Friday, at least, you know, having regular regularity. Whereas now, I wish I treated F1 like I was at medical school. So in medical school, you have deadlines and you're expected to do projects, etc. Whereas in F1, you need to do those things, but there's no deadline and you have to find your own opportunities. Completely up to you. Yeah, and I definitely think my first rotation, I was just easing my way into F1. So I wish I approached it a bit more like med school and I'd given myself more targets. I think I'm doing fine and I think I'm on track. If anything, I'm a little bit above track. Okay. But I just wish that I'd been way... Structure gives me security. I didn't give myself structure. Yeah. And now I'm like, 
Hyphen structure. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anything else I wish I could have improved on? I guess my portfolio could be better, but it always can be better. It's kind of like a piece of art. You can always just keep going. Yeah. Because there's so many sections. It's like teaching experience and research experience. And, you know, to really show what you've done in a year, there's only so much you can get done. Yeah. So, um, I feel like it could always be better. Um, and I, I always try to take time to teach medical students and physician associate students because we have a lot of physician associates with us. What is a, what's a physician, physician like, associate? That's a mouthful. <laughs> so they're like junior doctors, but they, there's a slight change in the role. They're not allowed to prescribe medicine at the moment, but that might change. And they can't order ionising scans. Okay. With like x-rays and things like that. Right. But again, I've heard there's rumour it might change. But they do the very similar job. They can assess patients and look after them while patients like we do on the wards. And so they're, they're kind of like a consistent junior on that area. That's how right, I describe okay. them. I'm not sure what the actual definition is. But we have a lot of students come through. And um, I always try to teach them how to write the notes and teach them all the little bits that I don't know. But I think I could always do more teaching. And Yeah. Is teaching something that you have to do as part of your F1 year? Uh, you don't have to, but it helps. So there's a section in your portfolio where you can say, I teach. Um, right. And you put feedback up. And then when you apply for like higher jobs, they like to see your experience of teaching. So you're meant to have consistent teaching across the year. Okay. And it gives you a few more points. So not essential, but helps. Cool. Yeah. So there are just a couple of things that I feel like I could have improved on. Nothing cool. drastic, just tiny little Yeah, just little things, things that you could you would tweak. Yeah. Well that's good because uh I suppose going into the next year, F two won't be too too um different from F one, is that right? Or is it is it does the role change completely? No, it's very similar. I guess you just have someone less experienced below you now. Yeah. Maybe not. They could be a really good F one, so they might be more experienced than you. Yeah. But um you just have so you might be their port of call for questions. Okay. Um, but you still do very similar things. So you, so you can try and apply some of those things that you might tweak and do differently mm-hmm. as you carry on. Cool. I suppose it'd be nice to hear just like um, your sort of a, a sort of funny moment just to finish off. Oh, funny. No pressure. <laughs> Not funny, um, like comedian funny, but I suppose like a... You know, just a, an interesting thing that happened, maybe. Okay, we can do interesting. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, think. So, when I was working in the emergency department, there's an area called CDU, which stands for Clinical Decision Unit, which okay. is the area you go from ED. It's like the ward of ED. Yep. And quite a lot of the psychiatry patients go there, of just while we're getting them a bed somewhere else or deciding if they need a bed. And I was referring someone to the psychiatry unit. So you have to have a doctor to doctor handover. So I called and I was like, hey, my name's Lisa. I'm calling from CDU. I want to tell you about this person who's coming to you later. So, and I thought I did a very like beautiful job and a beautiful presentation of what had happened. And it was concise and I gave all the relevant information. I thought it was almost textbook. So I really thought about it before the phone call. And then the doctor I was talking to in the end was like, oh, okay, uh, that makes sense, that's great, but um, why are you calling? And I was like, oh, 
I thought you needed a handover and the patient's coming across. So, like, that's what I got told to do. And he was like, oh, yeah, uh, okay. Um, it's just unusual for a nurse to do it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? And I was like, was my handover that bad? And he was like, no, it was fine. And he thought I was the nurse. And I believe oh. it's because I was the girl, a girl. And I was like, hey, I'm Alicia. Because I get, I just didn't feel necessary to be like, hey, I'm a doctor. I'm one of the doctors. Like, yeah. and like I don't know. I thought it'd be assumed. And he's, I, I do have a young voice, what, I did think. You, did you say that you were the doctor? Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, I'm the F1 on the ward. And he was like, oh. I was going to say, did he, did, yeah. did he then... He then realised. I think it's... Well, he introduced himself as Dr. So-and-so, you know. And you introduced yourself as Alicia. Yeah, because he was a bit more senior than I was. He wasn't a consultant, but he was yeah. more senior. So I was like, huh, he earned it. I think, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's one of those where you... Um, uh, by By sort of almost trying to be humble, it's caused a bit of confusion. Yeah, or... it wasn't humble. It was just more... Lisa's my name, and right. I was like, I'm calling from yeah, CDU, yeah. so I didn't. It just you don't feel the need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, but that's it, a shame. Yeah, but it then caused confusion. Yeah. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, was my handover just terrible? That me, not that nurses' handovers would be terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> but like that he assumed someone else had yeah. done it, or I don't know, maybe I missed my my impression was because he was very apologetic. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Oh, well, there you go. They wouldn't want me to be a nurse. Not very good at that stuff. What stuff? I don't know. They're so much, like, nicer and kinder and cooler (laughs) (laughs) than I am. I don't know. They always, like, whenever there's an issue, they can, like, put the fire out. I'm like... I see. I don't know. I think they've got secret sessions going on at nursing school where they can, like, put out fires. Not actual fires, but, like, emotional fires. Yeah. Like... Oh yeah, they yeah. yeah they're very good. I must say the the times that I've been into hospital, nurses have a very um, a sort of warm disposition, a, a, like a like caring. You feel like you're almost you 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 feel like you're in good hands with a nurse. Yeah. 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 So I was saying there's nothing wrong with their handovers. I'm sure they're fine. Yes. But he just thought I was a nurse. Right. Yeah. Oh. It was kind of embarrassing. When yes. I hung up the phone, it made me cringe. Oh really. Well, yeah, not just because I was like, I don't know if I was bad or <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't that. He yeah. was probably just being sexist. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> well, thank you very much for talking to us today about uh, your the the last few months in your experience of being an F1. Um, and yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll have another one out soon. Yeah, we keep saying we'll go regular, but... My sleeping pattern's been flipped upside down. Yeah. There's no excuses. We should we should be better. There you go. Thanks <laughs> very much for listening. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Medics Day UK podcast. We upload once a week. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Emedics Day UK. See you soon. <laughs>